0: far side. Here he is now looking to maybe let the shot go. It's steered past the keeper
1: into the left-hand
0: corner and Tilly, cha-ching for him, he's doubled his money
1: and registered his second, the Don's second this evening. Cross comes in from the left-hand side, It goes beyond Davison. Bugill on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a brilliant finish by Omar Bugill. Oh, what a finish. It's in towards McLean. Oh, he's back absolutely incredible oh it's a brilliant save from Nick Zanev tipped it wide just when it was destined for the top right hand corner
0: and it comes from Tilly in
1: towards the end of the 6 yard box post going up and now it is headed in and it is, and it is. Ryan Johnson. tilly what a nonchalant bit of control as well. Up against Milsom. tilly now with the shot pass, the keeper. Oh, it's a superb
0: goal. Hi, guys. It's Bassie here. Hi, I'm Oman Begill. Hi, I'm Terry Skiverton. Hi, I'm Hissain
2: Billard. Hi, Bezo here. All right, lad. I'm Ali Ahmadi. Hello, I'm Johnny Jackson. And you are listening to the official AFC Wimbledon podcast.
1: Come on, you dons. Hello, everybody, from me, Aaron Paul. This is the official AFC Wimbledon podcast coming to you from a very sun kissed plough lane as Wimbledon prepared to take on Stevenage in the EFL. L Trophy. Loads to come on this episode, including a chat with head of football operations Craig Cope who tells us what his objectives were for the summer window.
2: Myself and Johnny want to put a team out on the pitch and the staff behind the scenes that are representative of what this club stands for. So the characters have got to fit into that and believe in what we're trying to do as a football club.
1: Plus our new midfield man, Connor Lemonhay-Evans, gives us a bit of karaoke.
2: You
0: don't know how you met me, you don't know why you can't turn around. By all you know is when I'm with you, i make you free.
1: Swim through your veins like a fish in the sea. Armani Little also with us for that one. But first, join me in the stands as we sit down with Head of Football Operations, Craig Cope, and look back on a busy summer of activity here at the Cherry Red Record Stadium. Craig, great to speak to you here at at Plough Lane. At the end of your your first proper transfer window with the club, how's it gone?
2: Yeah, no, it's it's gone well. Um, Obviously, a lot of things we said we were doing at the back end of last season when it was a bit hard for other people to see I think it's now come fruition um, I mean I, I watched that fans forum back again uh, the other day and I was, just to make sure we was on track with everything we said was going to do and I think we've delivered that now, everything we have said we've worked together, we've worked, We've been as a team, the manager, myself, Terry the staff, the academy staff um, the players even, we've all come together and we've all delivered this transfer window and now we now my job is to plan ahead for the next one while these guys obviously try and do the business on the pitch and keep where we are now.
1: Tell me about the time between January and, and June, July for you. What was that
2: like having six months to effectively marinate yeah. club, at,
1: at the football club?
2: I was actually quite frustrated by it because I like to get stuck in and, and try and affect things. There were was, was certain things I was helping out with, like the operations around just getting things into place, like making sure the canteen would be ready for the first time we'd come back. The, the pitches were, we were ready to get work on those early we're ready to put the change make the change room into one um but everything's about recruitment it's just meeting 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 and it was really hard for us all to see an outcome and see a vision because we was having that many meetings but then obviously was we weren't doing that great on the pitch so there was it, it was hard to find the motivation to keep going and keep going and going but we did and now i think we're getting the rewards for that and hopefully we can carry on doing as well as we are at the moment
1: what was your plan what was your idea in terms of from those meetings what did you decipher I know the chairman talked about how you wanted a certain percentage of your squad in before the club went away yeah. for the
2: pre-season tour but what was
1: your main objective?
2: If we go right back to the start the plan was always let's try and deliver a team that, that's befitting of AFC Wimbledon that fans can relate to uh, we all know what Wimbledon is at Football Club we all have our own ideas of what Wimbledon is but if we can try and deliver um, a team that's a modern version of that then hopefully we'll get the fans on side and we can start building the club that way and everyone's in it together. Because that was what we set out originally to go, what does that look like? Myself, the management staff, what does that look like? Positionally, what does that look like? So what does a wide player look like in that area? What does a forward look like? And so on. Uh, even down to goalkeepers. Because then we could go out scouting and planning that team that way. And the next thing was I've said to the board, Look, I've sat with Johnny and the staff and i said to the board, that we would like to go away for pre-season try and shortcut the gelling period and, and get everyone together. Benidorm came up, which is a tough sell. Um, but I said, look, if, if we can get to Benidorm, I need at least 80% of the squad in before Benidorm so that it actually has an effect on it. We got 78% of the squad together before Benidorm. Then obviously I went and picked Tamani up from the airport just before that um, night at the 12th man in uh, In Benidorm and drove him straight there. So that was over our 80% then.
1: Just talking about departures, that must be a really tough part of the
2: job, saying goodbye to people was it kind of easier because you'd only just arrived at the club? I think it was easier for me. I didn't have relationships, obviously. I'm not saying I'm not on a motive or anything, but I, I didn't have relationships with people where I could, I could make decisions based on what I'd seen on the pitch or, make, or what I'd seen on the contract sheet. And I could detach myself from the emotion from it and say, this isn't good for the football club, or that isn't good, and then this person needs to leave, that person needs to stay, and vice versa. I think the others had that connection with people. So I thought I offered an outside view on it, obviously, coming in as late as I did last season. But no, we were very professional in it and I like to think the players that we have offloaded and, and said goodbye to, we've treated with respect and dignity. We set our stall out early, told, we let the players know early doors that we'd like them to move on um, and we tried to help them along with that and then we, we included them with everything just in case they did stay and because we didn't want to obviously upset them and we don't treat them with respect basically.
1: One thing that I'm sure a lot of supporters will want to know is what the recruitment process is is like here is it a case of the gaffer gives you a list of players a list of targets a list of positions is it a collaborative thing between yourself and, and, and the coaching staff how does it work
2: yeah so I think the, the biggest thing we've done this year is we've included everyone everyone's become a part of the journey and you, you can see that with the kits that Jones produced and the fans getting on board and even everyone behind the scenes is getting on board everyone feels a part of this the recruitment's very much like that, so generally been out in the past, the manager would go, I need a right-back, a left-back, whatever, and I'd have a list of four or five players. We set out very early, going, what do we want the team to look like? Then we said, what each position needs to look like? And then we'd just put a list of players, so myself, Andy Thorne, Terry Skivert, and, and, and everyone sort of been around these levels of the game, put a list together of players. The manager knows obviously players as well, so we put some in, and we, we collectively put that list together. And then we knew going to the window what our key targets were in order, then we went after those targets. So, it's very much collaborative. Andy was one of your first signings, Andy yeah. Thorne, club legend. What's it like welcoming him back to the football club?
1: Yeah. What kind of an impact has he had on the He, thought
2: he, he thought he was coming in the centre half. <laughs> no, uh, thorny has been brilliant. So, I took my time if I'm in, to, to think about what I needed in a Chief Scout. I met loads of people, some really good people as well. But I just felt Andy fitted well. Not just Not obviously because of his history here and what he's done, but he's a proper scout, he loves getting to games, he finds out stuff, he's one of them scouts that just knows everything, everyone. He's, he's no more than a phone call away from some of the big clubs. So I knew where my weaknesses were in terms of recruitment and which doors I couldn't really open yet. I've got loads of contacts lower down but and he could open those doors for us as a football club. Um, so his role was that, especially with the PL2 clubs and, and higher up. His role was also we'd draw the list together and so I'd send a player of two to him and say look what do you think of this player I really like him but what what do you think don't say yes or no and somebody'd come back going Craig what are you thinking there? Another would come back going yeah no I really like him and that was really important that we could be honest with each other and then we'd obviously put it over to the staff he speaks to the manager and assistant manager regular um, so we've got a really good he, he just fitted in straight away and he can obviously spot a player. He knows what it's like, the demands of the level and what we the demands of the style of play we're trying to deploy, and more importantly, the demands of this football club.
1: What was the objective then this season? Was it a case of, of looking at players that had lead to experience, that experience
2: of, of playing around the EFL rather than youth team experience? Yeah, so obviously, a lot of, a lot of this football club's been over the last two, three years is like upside and getting, getting players moved through and sold on and stuff like that. Now, that's important we still do that. But I think we recognised early doors. that We've got four or five players in this current squad that you know we see as potential for high sales in the future. So the thing we didn't really have was loads and loads of League Two experience. And so, yeah, as you see by the recruitment, a lot of the players, I think all but two of the players were playing League Two football last season. So that was a factor. We wanted to go and get a proper team, a proper League Two team out on the pitch. The, um, the players that we see as... Um, upscaling if you like and move on in the future can fit into that and we thought if, if we were a successful team on the pitch the, one the price will be higher and two um, probably get better out of them as well so that's that's what was our thinking behind that The core of the team the
1: spine of it just seems so much more rigid
2: Yeah I think the, the main the main focus with this window and everything we've done is like, to get a proper base down I don't want to criticise but I didn't feel like I had a base last season now this is very much the first start I don't want to get carried away and say we're going to win the league or whatever because I don't want to get there. we had to put a base down that can compete at the level throughout the season and hopefully not have the worries we've had for the past two or three seasons which I think at the moment is going well the players have ownership the players have, have come in and, and ran the culture at the training ground they've really worked their socks off to um, keep the standards high at the football club the staff as well the, the coaching staff have delivering great sense the team looks well drilled the, there's loads of stuff we want to improve on and want to work on but like the recruitments, um the recruitment staff have really helped me out the, the operational staff have really supported what we're trying to do so everyone is aligned with the club and, and can recognise the club with themselves now and then that's where we go, and that's what we are at the minute
1: in terms of the start of the season some really impressive results some would be frustrated because they believe that we should be sat top of the league um, that's a good thing to be <laughs> though isn't it to have that ambition and to say right well there's no reason why we shouldn't be competing at the top end of the division.
2: No, of course, like we all we all want to win football matches. That's the most important thing. We said that earlier doors like winning at whether you're the cleaner, whether you're the ticket office, whether the club shop, whether you're me, Johnny, whatever academy. Everyone's got to win games of football, so we're all focused on how can we win games of football, and that's what we've tried to do this summer. So there's loads and loads of positives to come out of this season uh, already, but we've got to carry on now. Make sure it's not a good August, it's a good September, then a good October, then a good November, and then the biggest one, that I'm sure a lot of fans are concerned about, is make sure we're good from February to the end of the season so everything we're doing is just trying to be prepping ourselves for that so yeah good we're not top of the league or higher up but very very pleased in terms of the the positives and the takeaways we've got so far
1: I think it's a good time to maybe look through some of the signings Um, first up Jake Reeves I mean what a feel good signing that was to have him back in the middle of the pitch I know he's injured at the time of speaking but his impact has been seismic
2: so I say everyone's been included, haven't they? Like it's not just me doing the recruitment. It's everyone's like Trevor Williams, Trev obviously knows Reeves for the last time he's here, and it's like he's helped get him over the line. And I went, we can get Reeves. Here. So as soon as that was in my head, it was in the we can get Jack Reeves, we can get Jake Reeves, and, we, and myself, Johnny, everyone was like trying to push and push and push. And Trev's really out with bringing him over the line as well. So is Rocket, and it's been a real team um, effort to bring him in. And then he's come in and he's obviously he's wearing the armband. He gets the club, the culture. He's driving it. Um, and he's really popular in, in in the club. So, what he does out there is brilliant, but obviously, what he does this side of the white line as well has been been really good for the football club.
1: I'm going to skip from midfield and, and head backwards into defence. Uh, Joe Lewis and Ryan Johnson, good cop, bad cop. Uh, Jono's generally one of the nicest people
2: you'll ever meet in your life.
1: Where did the thought process come with, with those two?
2: Again, people that are used to not lead to National League Football players that are potentially undervalued elsewhere. That we thought we they could come into us, they fit the style of play what we're trying to deploy, and they could potentially grow here in the environment we've got. So that was the thinking around them. Joe's obviously alone. Stop wanting to get games. He's coming here. He's getting games. Um, Jono has not finished below fifth in the past four seasons. I think um, national league and league two. So he knows what success looks like. He knows what a strong team looks like. He's a calming presence. I and mean, f- yeah. forget
1: the football side of things. I know, I know. You know, you are a football nerd but
2: as human beings he's a really calming presence but, but that, that's the thing Aaron like, the thing about this club is now like the, the football will take care of itself with the, the coaching staff and everything and what else, you see on that rectangle out there will take care of itself we didn't have good people before but we, we've got some really good people involved with this football club now and everyone feels a part of it the, the, the players are, are brilliant they get involved they get stuck in they, they call people out when it's not Right, and then they, you know, they they improve their own standards. And they don't like, got a really good group, got really good coaching staff, got really good academy staff. That, the staff here at the stadium have been brilliant. They're all part of what we have done in the summer. So that's also what we've been looking for: good human beings that want to be a part of the journey, got a point to prove maybe, and care about what this club does.
1: Looking at the right side of defence, a lot of people were maybe talking about signing a, a right back, and I know there was a lot of speculation as to whether the club would be signing a, a full back but. Isaac Ogandier's come through, wow, the assist against Coventry was magnificent, but his performances in general have been
2: phenomenal. Like, he's been brilliant, and he deserved this new contract, and uh, probably should have done it earlier, but he's been brilliant, and what, like, again, human being, like, two academy lads playing at right back, fighting out for the number one spot, and they're both incredible human beings, and obviously really good footballers as well. And yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll watch the scrap while they fight it out. He wants to be number one right back. Good thing
1: for the football club. In terms of one of the more difficult signings you would have made, um, I mean, Alex Bass has come in and, and done fantastically well, but with Nick being such an established member of the squad, was it always difficult trying to improve that goalkeeping position and, or, or was it a case of simply looking for, for competition
2: to make it stronger? Yeah, definitely. Like it was, We had meetings and meetings and meetings and looking at different versions of the squad, obviously we knew we had a really good number one and we were only going to do something really if something was out that was really good and we had good value out of it and, and, and vice versa. But Bassey has come in and done really, really well and obviously I let these guys worry about what happens out there and they can choose which one plays but we've got really good competition there. It's unbelievable. Like Alex Bass and Nick Sanev as you one and two and in League Two, that's unbelievable. I'm really pleased with that.
1: On the wings... Josh Neuville's coming off the left. He's making that position his own. You've got Ryan McLean leaving his day job to come here and and, and play for Wimbledon. And look, I mean, the goal against Coventry, yeah, mad. But we've got to talk about Tilly Esther, James Tilly on the right. How have we found this gem? How have we given him a home? How has he scored seven goals already this season? James Tilly's been a
2: good player all his career. It's not it's not just click. It's not just about James Tilly, but like some clubs, it just works for staff, works for people. Like other clubs, it just doesn't. I've been at clubs where I've got oh, don't really fit in here and in my job or in a, in, a, um, in a different job I was doing but I think it just fits, I think that the culture, the lads, the management and everyone is setting means people can thrive and that constant improvement we, we try and give the lads a platform to achieve that. He's one of those, um, Josh and him were two we identified very very early. Josh we did really early and got him done quick. Tills was really hard to get out and like it was back and forth with Crawley, back and forth with the agent and we all knew wanted it to happen but going from Probably first opened the conversation with Crawley up in February to get him over the line a couple of days before pre-season. It was a slog, but we we, we hope hope... Was it worth it? Oh, 100%. He's worked with Terry before. He knows the level. He's played really well at the level. He can cover a number of positions. Um, But, again, character, human being. So, um, yeah, really happy there. Josh on the other side. Josh was one that you go, well is he going to get in the Luton team probably not I'm looking at the loans he's had does he fit the product so obviously Tilly's a certain type of wide player Josh is completely opposite of the type of wide player but development one that we can we can move on hopefully in the future if he does really well and we've got two really good wide players there. and then and Ryan McLean Ryan affects the game really well at Hereford he, he, his numbers were good for Hereford and it was like well, well actually he he's, he's worth a punt and worth a go and obviously the, the impact he made in that Coventry game was exceptional and give the fans a really good day out at Chelsea. Uh,
1: we've got to talk about the big dog up front. Omar McGill has come in from from Sutton United. I said to James Tilly on the last episode of the podcast that there's something about a footballer with a hand bandage. <laughs> he's a menace,
2: isn't he? But he's been menaced for years. Whatever level he's played, he's caused... Absolute, I mean, even Solio when he You knew when he was come with Sutton or Bromley, you go, oh, God, like not today. Like, the centre-half will be like, uh, like, he's really hard to play against. He's really hard to play against. So you go, right, so he's... He, whatever happened at Sutton he, he got off the contract I think and then it said no and then he was a free agent and we thought well we've got to do everything we can to try and get him right. um, he's probably the missing we've got two good forwards What who's our third good forward and um, yeah we we <laughs> was going back and forth with him he's a very good character very good character and we was going back and forth and speaking to him directly and he um, he made it clear about what he wants and we we thrashed out and managed to get a deal done and um yeah, he's here now. I'm, I'm glad he is. And everyone's fitted in so well into the group. Heading back into midfield, Jimmy Ball's coming from from Rochdale
1: and uh, Armani Little makes it permanent and he's had a fantastic impact, yeah. hasn't
2: he? Yeah, no, he was one, obviously, we wanted to sign permanently in January but for whatever reason, we couldn't. And again, attitude, character, footballing ability. He's fitted in really well. He's, he's integral to the dressing room. As his ball, he's unbelievable. He's really, you know, I know he could, like his family. I got to know his family well. Was at Solio. I know him really well. Um, and I thought, not quite worked out for you somewhere, but it might, you might work out for you. He's, he's a six foot four midfielder that can play. Anywhere in midfield, he can, like you said, we've seen him attack the box. We know what his strengths are, and he's coming and fitting in really well, and he's fitting really well to the dressing room as well.
1: We'll be talking about our loanies, our deadline day yeah. loanies in a minute, we'll be speaking uh, to one of them on the pod a little bit later. The fact is that you are fundamentally trying to sign the right characters for this football club to represent the badge.
2: Yeah, because I said that, we said that, like myself and Johnny we want to put a team out on the pitch and the staff behind the scenes that are representative of what this club stands for. So, the characters have got to fit into that and believe in what we're trying to do as a football club. So, so yeah, that, that's that's basically what led us to get the characters in as well as the half-decent footballers we're seeing. Yeah, I think it's fair
1: that we address certain social media rumours. There was plenty of talk of potential departures yeah. uh, from the football club. Uh, Jack Curry, one of them. Ali Alhamadi, one of them, especially with Ali towards the end of the transfer window. What can you tell us about those stories, the players... Are still here. They're still Wimbledon players, which is a great thing yeah. for the football club. But what can you tell us about what well, we, happened during the summer?
2: This club's been set up to try and move talent on, and and we're going to have, and obviously the posh seats you get upstairs, you're going to have loads of scouts here every game. We do have loads of scouts here. We're going to have interest in our players because we've got, often we've got some good, really good individuals. Um, specifically about those two, like obviously there's loads of interest in that, but people know people's contract situations, so some people don't put bids, and some people do. The fact is, and I think it's well known, we did have a bid that, thankfully, the board said no. It's not our estimation. We moved on, and the manager had a chat with um, with one of the players, and we, we move on. Good pushing on. Has recruitment and and the plan for January already begun? Yes. <laughs> Yes, um, so we know the areas where we've got loans that might not be, you know, that might get recalled. Basically, everything that happened last January, and I walked into, and we we don't want that feeling again. We don't want that feeling at the back end of the season. We've worked really, really hard to change the tide. We've worked, the players have worked really hard to get into a decision now. It's now up to me and Andy and the rest of the team to go, these are our options for January. If we lose this, we're getting stronger. January is always a really tough market to to do well in because all the good players are playing and getting paid well or getting new contracts you you tend not to get them so we've got to try and keep this group together as much as we can and then hopefully we don't lose players if we do lose players then we need to have a plan for who's coming in and try and minimize the risk of upsetting the apple cart as much as what we have done in the past
1: i think what's evident though is that compared to to parts of last season this is very much a, a team a squad a coaching staff that is singing off the same hymn sheet with the supporters. I mean everyone is everyone is so united right now. Yes,
2: yeah, so we're not coming to the football club obviously yeah. what's the key value resilience togetherness co- uh, res- resilience resilience togetherness and growth. So we've done a resilient bit and got through we've done a resilient bit and got through the back end of last season and obviously we been res- and then now it's the togetherness bit now it's it's everyone being a part of this project. Players, academy, first team, staff, women's team, um, staff here at the stadium. That's why we had the induction in pre-season. Was to get everyone on the same page. This is what we're about this season. This is what we're doing. This is how you can help in your individual role. So everyone knows what they're doing. Everyone knows every point earned out on air, every victory earned out on air. is down to every single person, even like you guys in the media. So that, that's the togetherness and the reward from that. Obviously, Benidorm helped with the team and gelling. But... The big part of this football club and the big the big part of why it's successful and why we're sat in a £30 million stadium is because of that together and because everyone has a part to play in it. We have tried to play on that and include everyone in this journey and what we're trying to do.
1: The gaffer's role in this has been huge. How good is it for you to even understand the love now
2: between Gosh. the supporters and, and, and the boss? It's brilliant because it was really tough at the back end of last season and walking in that office at the end of every game last season and seeing them all going, oh God, they were really hurting. I kept saying to them, the pain will be worth it. The pain will be worth it, trust me. And then we started planning, started dropping little bits into them and saying, look, look how good it's gonna be, look how good it's gonna be and you know the stuff we've done over the summer, it, it's really good because I think the, the coaching staff, the manager especially, is I think we've got a solid squad, the training grounds up to scratch, or a lot better than it was, and they've got a platform where they we they can express themselves and they can deliver a really good coaching programme without the hiccups of can't train on there today, reading in a pub, loads of players are out injured. It's now all working together to try and give them the chance to them to improve
1: one of the last major questions I want to ask you is about how this club moves forward in terms of its recruitment you see a lot of clubs going with with data models trying to recruit from afar some people are are trying to play the money ball game by um you know recruiting freebies and 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 looking out for cheap deals where they can make profit um and then you've got the old fashions like the mick harford's of this world who go out scout 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 and will try and poach a bargain here and there where are we right now in terms of our recruitment model uh, at the football club and and what needs to happen going forward what are you hoping to implement It's the culture. It's
2: not a specific recruitment process, it's not the day when goes about Brighton's data and Brentford's data. That's really helpful for what they do. But the culture of the club, the acceptance of losing players and bringing good players in and backing themselves to do that has helped them elevate and, like, step by step has helped them elevate. So we've got to step by step start moving upwards. So the recruitment process will be I love my data, I'm a, I'm a nerd, I love my data, so we'll, we'll, we'll get the data a bit right. We'll get the character references bit right. We'll get the old school scouting in right. That's important bringing Thorny in because I want someone completely different to me that we can challenge each other and I go, oh, Thorny, this data saying that he's a good player. He's going, yeah, but Craig, he's not. So we get the scouting, the data, the character references and we're trying to have a holistic approach where we're incorporating everything rather than just going, we're data experts or we're scouting experts. I'd rather just go, right, we get good people in and good, hopefully good players in. So we'll continue to do that. And we'll just approach every window with a structure and with a plan.
1: Craig, tell me about Chelsea. One word that I take from that performance is pride. Because genuinely, the boys put on a, a real resolute display. They had to bring on £300 million
2: worth of talent to try and beat us. Well, so did we. That's how much Ali's worth. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, we... Um, I've ever texted me that I how you feel? And I said, tired, proud and gutted. And I think we all felt that. I felt so proud to see uh, that team out there like, putting blocks in, tackling, do, doing the out-of-possession stuff so well and creating the chances through sheer hard work off the shape we were, we were utilising. So really proud of the lads for, and, and everyone involved with the club for getting us there. Really proud of them for going in there and, and putting in such a good performance. But then disappointed we never took it to penalties or we never went in at half-time 1-0 or never got something out of the game. Which is weird to say with that amount of money coming on the pitch after half-time. But the one thing I've said to everyone, the day after that fans forum, if you'd have told me, obviously I had big visions for the club and we, we all sat down, we knew what, didn't know what was coming but we all knew what we were going to try and do. If you'd have said to me and the manager, the first game you lose throughout pre-season and the season will be away at Chelsea and they'll have to bring on a World Cup winner and 200, 300 million pounds worth of players to do that, and you'll lose narrowly 2-1. You'd be fifth in the league, some of the best defensive stats in the league, and resilient, have a team that the fans are proud of, have the place buzzing again like that. That the Wrexham game when we uh, when we scored the penalty, the fans were buzzing. The Coventry game, the fans were buzzing. Someone said to me that was the, the first Plough Lane moment of the new Plough Lane. And if if you'd have offered me that, then I'd snap your hand off. So really, really proud. We've not done anything yet. We need to carry on, work hard and get us through to January, deliver in January and hopefully see where the season takes us.
1: Craig, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy your holiday. Um, Thanks for delivering a a, a great window. Um, And and yeah, see you around. Cheers, Aaron. A big thanks to Craig for his time with us on the pod after an exciting transfer window. Now it's time for us to catch up with new signing Connor Lemonhay-Evans and his best mate, Armani Little. Connor, welcome to Wimbledon. Thank you. Armani, how good is it to have a mate with you? Now, uh, yeah,
3: no, it's brilliant. Obviously, I've played with him for uh, previously at a different clubs, so we got him really well, and it's good to have
1: him here. Connor, first impressions of the football club. What's it been like? I mean, a whirlwind few days, I'd imagine. Yeah,
0: yeah no, it's been really good. I've really enjoyed it so far. Obviously, Friday was a bit, a bit manic. I was straight down to the hotel in Newport from Manchester, straight in the squad. Saturday, come on, but this week's been a little bit more settled. I've obviously trained yesterday done a bit this morning because obviously I can't play tonight and yeah it's been really good the lads have been good staff been good and I'm just looking forward to uh getting my head down and cracking on now.
1: Is it nice to be back in the south?
0: It is yeah it is nice to be back in the south yeah it's a bit cold up north and uh so obviously this is a little bit closer to home for me which is Swansea and obviously I know a, lot, a few lads here already so yeah, no, I'm looking
1: forward to being here. Armani, a lot of people uh, have been talking about how you were potentially the, the agent for this deal. Um, tell us about when you found out about Connor potentially joining Wimbledon, what you were asked, were you asked a while ago maybe about him? Were there secret little clues? Um,
3: yeah, no, I've been speaking to Kopi all over the summer really about Connor, and then obviously I've been going back and forth with Connor over the phone, speak to him near enough every day. Um, but it wasn't looking like likely to happen uh, a few times now, so it sort of went a bit dead. And then I think the last... Few days just before the window shut, um, started heating up a bit, and
1: I, f- I think there was an opportunity that we could get Connor. And
3: yeah, no, I think I played a played a little role in it. Yeah.
1: You guys spent three years together at, at Torquay. Tell us about this man because there'll be a lot of people desperately looking to 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 get to know more about him, and hopefully we will in this interview. But what do you know about him? You're under pressure now. <laughs> Yeah,
3: it put me under pressure. <laughs> um, no, yeah. Obviously, from playing with him, he um, first of all he works hard. Um, and then he's got a lot of quality on the ball. Um, we'll do a lot for the team. Brings you goals and assists. Very creative player. So I think he'll uh, fit in really well with us. That, the way, he, how we want to play. That's too... That's too. Get me another movie. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no.
1: See, now you're just being too nice. Tell us about the real Conor Evans. The real Conor
3: mm. Um Yeah, he's got a few shanks in him, yeah. Let's just say that. <laughs> But
1: no, yeah, he's a good lad. You don't need to be diplomatic in this in this interview, believe me. It's going nowhere apart from the club. What was it like playing with him for three years? I mean, Connor, you, you yeah. know how to find the back of the net, yeah. let's be fair.
3: No, it was good. We built up a relationship. We both, well, I it, talking. Connor was on loan from Bristol uh, City. And as soon as he came in, we sort of uh, linked up a good bond on the pitch and off the pitch. And I think it um, helped us out a lot.
0: And then ever since then, yeah well together.
1: Connor as a midfielder how would you describe yourself
0: just like mine said there create try, try and be creative try and be positive and like I said work hard and just do what I can for the team to make sure that we get three points on a Saturday such boring football answers. come <laughs> on give us some juice I think obviously playing in front of big crowds scoring goals getting assists just just the, the normal stuff you would get from a, an attacking sort of player you want to score goals you want to get assists and and that's what I'll try and do when when I play for this team. So he um, likes
3: a little cell selly, by the way. Shush off the crowd. Yeah, does he? Pulled like out a few times. Crowd, morning, yeah. Is that but your go too?
0: Home games. It's more of an away game I think he gets man, a little buzz so, out yeah. of that. To be fair. What yeah, about so your home
1: celebration? What we're talking about?
0: <sighs> home. I don't really know, I don't really know yet, but definitely if it's away, the shush is more than likely going to be coming out.
1: Okay. I mean, you like scoring goals. You you scored a, a hatful at, at Torquay United, where obviously you were playing next yeah. to Armani. Um, what can we expect from, from from you positionally? Where do you like to play in midfield? Are you a 10? Are you a 4? Are you a 6? What are you? Are you going to be keeping him out the team? Is he going to be keeping <laughs> you out the team? T- talk to us.
0: No, I think my preferred position would be a 10 or out on the left. I do quite like playing off the left. No, nah, I don't think I'll be taking Mindy's, uh role in the eight because it's uh, too much running for me in there. I think, um, but yeah, like playing in the ten, playing off the left, just anywhere, for, anywhere forward, anywhere I can affect the game positively going forward. And uh, yeah, they're probably my preferred positions to be honest.
1: It, in terms of your relationship with with some of the other boys, you know Joe Lewis, yeah, you, you know Jono as well. Jono, it's yeah. quite the X. Ex- Stockport know, contingent yeah, sort is. of building yeah. here, isn't it? I mean, no, but that's
0: it's been that's been good for me. Do you know what I mean? So, I've come in already no man. This is my fifth year playing with Joe, third different club in a row. So, yeah, I will get on well with Joe. He lived with me when I was in Torquay for six months before he got his own place. I got on well well with Jono last year at Stockport, so it's just been easy for me. Obviously, them three lads being here, I played with Bassey, actually a bit when I was at Torquay as well. So yeah, it's been um been really good it's been really easy for me to settle and um, like I said I just can't wait to get on the pitch and uh, show the fans what I can do
1: there seems to be a lot of crossover between you and and a few of your teammates are you glad you didn't follow Armani to Forest Green Rovers (laughs) answer carefully I'm not talking about the football I'm talking about the veganism man
0: <laughs> yeah I'm not sure that would have been for me and I'm not it sure it's for me not, sure it's not, for man, yeah. not. Yeah, that that. I'm not sure the, ve- the, ve- the whole vegan thing would uh, be for me were you
1: secretly doing like pack, packets of ham in like a Tesco car <laughs> <party>. <laughs> we weren't
0: eating it at all I remember we had Lincoln away like the second game of the season He used to call me up just moaning about about <laughs> the food after training and that and
3: mostly the lads went for Hernandez on a Friday <laughs> night <laughs> hotel behind
1: food. the chairman's back
3: yeah if, well if, like if the vegan was on not. You don't have to be vegan, but the food's on. So whether you eat or not, it's up to you.
1: Is this the first time we've ever seen like professional footballers bringing like, packed lunches to training? <laughs> <here? laughs> <laughs> <laughs> there was a few like that too, but yeah. Sandwiches? Yeah. No. Is, is the food better here? Yeah. yeah, a lot better, yeah. That's good. It's just normal, it. normal food. You, you've been here a while now, Armani. What can you tell Connor about playing for Wimbledon? What's it um, like? What tips have you got?
3: Yeah, yeah. no, I think obviously it's a... It's a massive sort of family welcoming club and I think any of the fans will love just that hard work and then that desire shown on the pitch and I think if you do that and then they accept you straight away and I think any any player that does that out
0: there will will see that and get that reception from the fans.
1: What's family like for you, Connor? Who do we expect to see in the stands here at Power Lane supporting you?
0: Family is obviously important for me and this is you're probably more than likely to see you My missus with the kids, the two kids, my little boy Sydney and my little girl Willow, who are soon to be two and three. So they'll definitely be here when they can. And probably my mum, who is football mad and I think she's already ordered ordered her shirt already. So yeah, probably them four will probably be the likely ones to come up every week to watch the games.
1: You're 26 years old. What what do you want to achieve while you're
0: here? Well, I think first of all, I just want to get back to enjoying my football because the last... 12 months have been a bit up and down a bit difficult for me and that's the main thing is to enjoy my football and I think with the squad we've got from what I've seen and from the lads I've played with already I don't see why we can't push for promotion or at least the playoffs in my opinion so obviously you want to finish as high up in the table as possible and I think the group of lads here will do everything they can to to try and achieve that.
1: In terms of your your Wimbledon induction, who have you bumped into in the dressing room? There's some characters out there, aren't there? I mean Omar's
0: a big big, big personality in the dressing room. Harry Pell bumped into him yet? Yeah, Pelly, yeah, and I I had w I had a word with I know some of the lads who've played with Pelly before and uh yeah, they just give me the heads up and... Uh, no, he's been good, Pelé but he is a bit of a he is a bit of a cannon. Yeah, There's a few to be fair. There's a couple of cannons in there, but the boys have been brilliant with me so far. So,
1: would you describe him as a cannon? Is that the technical phrase, Armani?
0: Um, yeah, I think that's the easiest way to describe him. Uh,
3: cannon, um, different. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's
3: not, I don't. I don't think <laughs> he there's minds nothing being wrong different. with that. No, I think he loves it doesn't he He, he embraces it. it doesn't he
1: absolutely loves it. Um, in terms of his initiation, Connor's
0: initiation. When, when
1: are we going to get that?
0: Wow, I think he'd already done it. Yeah, yeah, he done, done it. Friday at night, Newport's And sang, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was straight into the mix oh, there, yeah, Friday express. night. That's express. That is. That's that's yeah. a that's a quick turnaround. Straight, straight. What did I sing? What uh, did I sing? Uncle Cracker, follow me.
1: Oh, that's a classic. That's a Any, do you want to give us a couple of lines? Uh,
0: nah, no. I don't think I could do
1: it. Oh, man, go on, encourage him, go on.
0: Do you know it? No, I don't know, but you can do it. Come on. Nah, I can't. I can't do that. i have done it Friday night, and it was, that was bad enough Friday night. So I don't know if I could do it. On Come the on. Blog. Come on, you don't know how you met me, you don't know why you can't turn around. Goodbye, all you know is when I'm with you, I make you free and swim through your veins like a fish in the sea. Come on, in Follow, Follow me, and everything, everything, and everything is alright. Come on, Monique. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I'll know, I one like to tuck you in at night, and if you. Wanna leave? I can guarantee you won't find nobody else like me. Yeah, well, Come play. on, well,
1: fantastic,
0: absolutely fantastic,
1: Connor. Uh, You've passed the warm up as a Wimbledon player here on the official Wimbledon podcast. Uh, let's have a bit of a quick fire between both of you. I'm going to ask you some questions, an answer from each of you, if possible. No thinking time. Let's have the honest answers. I'll ask you first. I'm Little. Who's the best midfielder ever? Gerard. Yeah, Connor. Iniesta. Nice one. Who's the scariest footballer ever?
0: Colin Roy Keane. Yeah, I was going to say Roy Keane.
3: and who? Yeah, I'll stick. No, no
1: one you've played against in in and around the football leagues?
3: Michael Doyle. Give it a go. Oh yeah, Michael Doyle. Yeah. Nasty. Yeah, he can be a nasty. <laughs> yeah, no, why? Good player. Yeah, great player, but he leaves it on you a bit. That's for sure. Yeah, even his teammates. Yeah.
1: Best
0: stadium you've ever played at? Wembley. Emirates. Give us your memories of Wembley. Not very good. Lost the playoff final on penalties. Emirates yeah it was only a
1: friendly <laughs> <laughs> Armani who's your best friend in football Connor he Gelly. needs to say <laughs> me <laughs> I love that I love that Little. Um Connor who's the one footballer of the streets will never forget
3: Robinho Adelterat how
1: come I keep asking Connor for an answer you give uh, me the Adulterate. answer good, good, yeah. good yeah. answer I'm Armani Little the one footballer of the streets will never forget Kaka you just said Robinho two seconds <laughs> ago I've changed it now Kaka Kaka uh, Armani, your karaoke song? American Boy. Connor, you smashed it there. You absolutely smashed it with a bit of Uncle Quaker. Fantastic. Uh, Connor, if you weren't a footballer, what would you be? Unemployed. (laughs) Armani? Um, Probably unemployed as well. (laughs) PT, maybe? Who's your favourite midfield partner, Armani? Ever good time to say, Jake Reeves. Yeah, I've bonded
3: well with Reeves. He's so quick. So I say Reeves. Look good yeah. together. Yeah, no, it's been good. I've enjoyed it, and yeah. it seems like we play together for longer.
1: There are a lot of partnerships building in in the women's. Yeah, there well, right, are. Yeah, they? definitely. I mean, J- Jono, Jono, and Lewis at the back. Yeah, genuinely, John, covered. John Lewis at the back. <laughs> the department store. They, they are proper good cop, bad cop. They they work so well together. Lewis does the dirty work, shorts up high, doesn't care, and John is just a nice guy, just edging people up the way. It's brilliant, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
0: no, yeah. I Are that... you going to get Joe Lewis on this podcast? I I
1: spoke to him on the radio. The did other you day. ask him did about your Yes,
3: because he's never done that, has he? And what
1: did he say? He anymore? he turned round and said that Benadol. Yes. Yeah. That over the summer he was really hot and he, he jacked them up high.
0: I know it's a superstition now.
1: Or? Well, no, and it, it just kind of it's just kind of stuck ever since. I mean, and what do you oh make nice. of it? Uh, yeah I I watched what game was it we were here where he was wearing shorts that too big for him and he kept jacking them up was it QPR QPR he was here and and he must have got the wrong ones a rocket has dished him out the wrong shorts or someone's given him the wrong shorts and he kept jacking them up and jacking them up and the second half he comes out and he's wearing like kids size 13 to 14
3: and he proper rolled them up
1: what what is that all about
3: he told me it was to do with Ben Dorm when he was really hot in training and he just started rolling them up and he liked it
1: Terry Skiverton started doing it as well. Have you noticed? Yeah, I haven't noticed that. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm heard not from sure. the, I heard from the gaffer that's because he likes to tan his legs. Oh right, yeah, yeah. And Makes
0: not sense. For any other reason. Yeah. yeah I, I think know. Joe Lewis is a superstition now, isn't it? Do you reckon? If I know Joe Lewis, like I know oh, Joe yeah. Lewis, then he's been playing well, and he's had his shorts rolled up, so don't see why he'd change it.
1: Good time to ask you guys about your football superstitions. Anything?
0: Um, not really. I don't really have. Maybe
3: like. No, I don't think I have one.
0: Little things, but nothing like...
3: I try not to get too obsessed with it, to be honest. What? I had one at Talkie actually. Go on.
0: M- remember that time where I had to wear my gloves every game? Oh, yeah, it was boiling hot. Still wearing gloves. So, yeah, I wore gloves from about October. And I don't think I, I took them off till about April. I remember playing Woking. We played Woking. Remember that game? Yeah, Bank Holiday. Yeah. getting loads The same
1: it. gloves? The same gloves, yeah. and it was about train them, uh, training them, training well.
0: them, everything. But it was starting to get but hot. but woken yeah, it was sure. about 20 or 28, 28, degrees. And I went out first half with the gloves on, and obviously, I got a bit of stick from a couple of their players and a bit from his fans. And second half, they had to come off.
1: Mm. Would you go out short sleeves and gloves? You've done no, that no, no, I wouldn't
0: go short sleeves because I'd usually, if I could, I'd wear a long sleeve top. Yeah, that yeah, belt. that glove one was that's, a bit. That's a bit superstition. Strange. Yeah, yeah
3: you, you do like a long sleeve, yeah. It's whatever yeah. works for you, it At the end of the day.
1: Uh, any pre-match meals? Do you call, consider them superstitions? I know some people have. Uh,
3: certain things. I do have a pesto pasta on a Friday night. To be fair.
1: Same, same thing every Yeah, week. chicken pesto pasta.
0: Nah, nothing. Whatever changes have from Have a on toast in morning. Fancy on the day.
1: What do you go for? Oh,
0: it all depends what I fancy on the day. It could be it could be anything for a pre-match meal: porridge, Go- rice, pasta, whatever. Gone are the days of like
1: footballers eating like steak and chips for a game. Yeah, it's gone. Mad, man. isn't it? I mean, yeah. when you think about it, like footballers yeah, in the eighties, yeah. nineties, yeah, going out and they were brutal conditions they were playing in, yeah. having like a massive steak, chips, peas, onion rings, yeah, pineapple
3: yeah. slice, <laughs> a lot. I don't think C going to be up at that. We've got to serve that.
0: You know I won't be able to move like that
3: though.
1: Apple crumble afterwards as <laughs> old, you know? there is, That does And
0: yeah. a few points And a few crum- pints yeah, as well And then
1: pints going pints. out Saturday Three o'clock After reading the programme For an hour
0: There is usually a bit of crumble though, yeah, Or like rice pudding or something yeah. Night before game Yeah, oh, it's, yeah it's all right. Ice good. cream or
1: something Who would play you In the movie of your life? Connor Actor?
0: Yeah God
1: I asked you earlier by the way If, if you'd ever watched Notting Hill some people are gonna clock Y in a minute. I have no I have no Does idea. I don't really like I'm not really There's, there's an actor called Ree Siffans of it's a bit an image. He you sound Let's like see. him as I no, I can't. No. He, he, he was in Notting Hill and he, he was just brilliant. He played a character called Spike. Yeah. And he was fantastic. So Yeah, I'm not
0: I'm not sure I don't really watch many films, so I don't really know many actors.
1: I don't know. Who really play mm. you? Oh who play you? Come on, Val. Gotta wrap this up, we've got a game to watch. Uh, Jared Butler. <laughs> Not <laughs> bad, it? is it? Huh? I, <laughs> I take there, that one. No, it's <laughs> <been fun though. laughs> um, I my one last one for you, and that is what is your favourite Don's moment? Because we know Connors is is signing for the club, so uh, yeah, so yeah, my
3: favourite Don's moment probably when I got that reception in Bendel. I think that was a good little surprise, and then the fans were buzzing. So could have gone down either way. That like. scored a goal, yet?
0: Mm.
1: Don't worry.
3: Yeah, to get that outcome. in No, I
0: just I thought that would be a moment. But uh, I see,
1: I think you lot should have some sort of fight as as whether to who's who's going to score first. It's been your 12 and months. A little, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> no, but It, it, it <laughs> then resets. You've turned up now, that resets. You, oh. yeah, you've no, got from now then, yeah. Goal scoring pedigree. I'll tell you what. Why that don't we? Why don't we do a forfeit? Why don't we do a forfeit? So the first person to score has to set a charity challenge for the other person. Alright, that's it. And proceeds go to Don's local action group. Yeah, or, right, a, or the foundation or a charity, the club's choice. How about that? Yeah, yeah. yeah? yeah. Are we having that? Yeah, agreed. 100%. 100%. Lovely, absolutely yeah. love it. Connor, thank you for joining us. You're By on. the way, Lemon Hate, where does it come from?
0: Yeah, uh, that's my my mum's second name, and she does get a little bit agitated when clubs don't use it. So just to give you a heads up,
1: does she know that it's three pound a letter in the club <laughs> shop? Four kids are going to come yeah. come back bankrupt.
0: Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, that's my mum's name. Okay, so, yeah, where just, does it originate from? I have no idea, just from a long list of family members before us, I think, yeah, so that's my mum's name, and she, she likes to see it on the programme and on the website and on anything that is associated with me, so yeah.
1: Does she like the fact that you, you use the lemon emoji now, or the, the lemon emoji? Yeah, yeah, that sort of stuff that
0: sort of recently, that, the, the lemon sort of thing, I think when I was at Stockport, the fans just used to call me the lemon and that
1: was that stuck a little bit Connor Lemon Hey Evans thank you for joining us on the official club podcast Armani thanks for joining us as well can't wait to see who scores first by the way Hopefully it's done Saturday and, and, and we're raising some money for charity. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be nice, yeah. Definitely. There you go. Armani, Connor, thank you. Thank man. Cheers, thank you. That's it for this edition of the official AFC Women of Podcast. Thanks to Craig Cope, Connor Lemonhay Evans and Armani Little for joining us. Stockport and crew to come up next at the Cherry Red Record Stadium. Let's hope for some more big performances from Johnny Jackson's side to keep the positive start to the season going. Until then, here's
2: Harry Pell with the last word. Thanks for listening to the official AFC Wimbledon podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from to get the latest episode the moment it drops.